This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That Delighted to say I'm joined by, for me, the biggest character in Scottish football, Michael Gardine. Thanks for joining me. No problem, mate. I've got to start with the first obvious question. New hairdo? Uh, just a wee bit of, a wee bit of lockdown uh, boredom, so I just chucked a wee bit on it and a wee bit of blonde for, for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I started the intro by talking about you being the biggest character in Scottish football. I've interviewed Paul Lawson and a few others recently. Um, and when you mentioned, I was just, what a character, what a guy. The first question I've got, a kind of serious question, but see the fact that you are a big character, do you ever feel that that, de- that detracts from your playing ability in some ways, in the eyes of some people? Because when we get through your career today, you've, you've won trophies, you've won the League Cup, you've been part of successful teams, and do you feel that because of your character, maybe you don't get that credit? Um, no, I don't think so. I think... Um... I think I've had a lot of credit um, through my career from managers, players. Um, obviously, players will always uh, sometimes remember the, the funny stories and the pranks more than the, the league wins or trophies or whatever, but that's just all part and parcel of football. But um, no, certainly, managers I've played under, players that I've played with, um, have all been very respectful of my, my playing career, obviously, as well as, as having a laugh and a joke. You were a boyhood Celtic fan and you came through the system there. Just just describe the youth team days because you listen to Alex Simon Ferry and everybody just talks about it being the kind of best days of their life, especially back then. Ah, it was brilliant, obviously. Had a cracking team as well. We had lads like Simon Ferry and you know, Aidan McGeady, Charlie McGrew, Jim O'Brien, Rocco Quinn, you know what? It was just a, it was just a great bunch of lads. Um, then the year above was like Ross Wallace, Paul Lawson. Just uh, all good players that, that were that were trying to make the breakthrough. Coming through the youth system, Tommy Burns a big part of so many players' careers when they came through at Celtic. Just what was Tommy like with yourself? He was brilliant. Um, even from the start, uh, I signed uh, when I was twelve and stuff. And then when it came to sixteen, signing a professional contract, um, we were going to go through certain parts. Tommy Burns just phoned my mum and says, "No, no, you just stay in Dundee." And he drove all the way up to Dundee, to a hotel in Dundee, and, and was signed my first professional contract uh, there. He drove all the way up, just just kind of showed me mum and dad, you know, what, what kind of man he was. And he was, everybody talks about him the same. He, he was brilliant. His, his knowledge of the game, his coaching was was brilliant. And and just his, his banter on that as well. Just, you know, there was always a time to have a laugh. And then when it was serious, it was serious. But he was he was one of the first ones that were up for a, for a laugh and a joke. Something that's said about you, no matter who I've interviewed, is that you back yourself in any environment. And a lot of people, when they went up to that first team at Celtic at that stage, there was big characters in there and they might have been a wee bit phased and scared to, to say their piece. Whereas you were the opposite. You just held your own and said, right, what, you're, you might have played 300 games, but I don't care. Uh, just, maybe, it was, maybe it was daft a wee bit with some players, but I just kind of thought um, it could go one way or the other. 
you know, you can be a pushover, but then I thought, you know, maybe if you if you say one or two things, they might think, oh, he's got a bit about him. Um, and obviously the the famous one is where when Neil Lennon um, tell him to come and check his, his bloody boots before a, an old firm game. And he's just like, who are you talking to? I was just like, well, come and check your boots or they'll not be in the hamper for the game tomorrow. And he just came down, patted me on the back and checked his boots and says, perfect, wee man. Just wee things like that. But, you know, obviously... Um, Although my playing was good at set, like, you know, I was smart, I should stuff definitely could have been better and I probably might have had a better chance of making a breakthrough there. See, when you were into training with those big players like Lennon, Thompson, etc., what was it like? Were they on you in training right away, no matter who you were? Aye, they were, they were good. The, uh, most of the first team lads were good with young boys um, and then there was a few that, you know, didn't, didn't really bother, but... Just even like before I was training with the first team, just watching them train and stuff, you know, it was probably the standard and stuff. And, and then by the time I, I was training with the first team, it, it was just great to be to be training in that environment with, with players of that calibre. Um, and, you know, it, it was hard to break through at that time, but, you know, I did I did go away on the pre-season trip under Gordon Strachan and I played well and stuff and he had high hopes for me. But, I, but um, I'll go back, I said as well earlier, just smartitude and maybe doing too many silly things instead of doing the, the right things better on the pitch and stuff um, kind of took it away from my football. How did you find Gordon Strachan as a person? I've been lucky enough to be in his company a few times and he's a very funny guy, but when it comes to his football, he's a very serious guy as well. What was his training sessions like? Because a lot of people say he's, he's a top coach. Uh, his, coaching, his coaching was amazing. Um, I was always like an attacking midfielder and we went away that pre-season and the shape and coaching that he'd done, he, he was like turning me into a centre midfielder, <laughs> which I would never have thought um, that I would have been. But just his knowledge of the game, his coaching was was brilliant. Um, and then even his man management and, and as a person, he was good. You know, he was obviously, he's quite well known for his wide quotes. Um, I remember asking him one morning, um, Gaffer, can I get a quick word with you? And he just said acceleration and walked away from me. <laughs> see, see, at the time as well, I didn't even get it. I was just like, and then two minutes later, I was like, oh, all right, aye, good, good. Another guy I want to ask you about, we've talked about Tommy, we've talked about Gordon. Kenny McDowell still in and around Celtic at that time, a very fierce coach and wasn't he scared to tell you what he thought, whether it was someday it was dropping down to play reserve team football for the first team. What was he like with yourselves and is he as scary as people have said? I remember when I was obviously in the youths and then promoted to reserves, I was quite intimidated and and that scared me of Kenny. Um, and obviously I had Danny McGrain with him as well, but Kenny was brilliant. Um, just the same as well, his coaching was brilliant. If, all the coaches at Celtic were, were they're obviously at Celtic for a reason, you know, their coaching was brilliant. Um, and Kenny was, he, he had that side to him that, you know, you could put his foot down and, and you would... You were scared of him, but um, but then on the other side as well, if you were doing the right things and you were doing well, he's the first to like pat you on the back. See, in terms of that youth team, you, we started the interview and you were saying that it was a really talented youth team, and, it, and that's been shown by the fact that so many have went on to have good careers in the game. Someday I want to ask you about Rocco Quinn in the sense that when you hear people talk about his ability as a footballer, everyone seems to be stunned that he maybe didn't he go and play at an even higher level than he did? Is is he the biggest surprise and the one that you thought would go on to achieve big things, but maybe didn't he quite get there? Uh, Rocco was brilliant. He was always, um, he kind of like grew more than us. So when we were 12, 13, 14, 
he always looked like he was 18 already. Um, but, you know, he's, he's technical ability, right foot, left foot, um, really strong centre midfielder. Um, and he did, he still went on and had a decent career, but, you know, when we were younger, he was definitely one of the ones I thought would have went and, you know, maybe even broke it and, like, played 200-odd games for Celtic or whatever. But, you know, I ended up playing, playing with him again up at Ross County and, you know, he'd done well up here. Um, and now he's just, he's retired and he's chilling. <laughs> in terms of Ross County, you went there first of all in 2006-2007 season. Was it your decision to get out of Celtic and go and play games first of all? Um, or was it a club's decision or even a mix of both? I remember Kenny McDowell uh, just pulling, pulling me and saying, I think it would be good for you to go alone. And, and I was all for it, uh, to be fair. Um, and I was thinking, I'd, I was thinking Airdrie, Clyde, whoever in the, in the central belt. And he said Ross County. Um, and I remember not even knowing too much at all about Ross County. Um, but he says George Adams and, and Scott Leach being on the phone, I want to take you on loan. Um, so that was me. I was in, in the motor straight up, straight up to, to Dingwall to, to get signed and get sorted for the season. What was your first impressions of Dingwall? It's it's clearly a place that you must like because obviously you've had a few spells. But what was your initial impression as a young guy coming from obviously Glasgow and, and getting away up there? Aye, well it's obviously a small town and it's you know not many people go about. But I remember I, I ended up arriving about eight pm at night, so there was nobody going about at all. And I, I came to the front doors of Ross County and met uh, David Kirkwood, um, uh, and he took me to the digs and stuff. It was me and Gary Irvin, the two of us came up at the same time on loan from Celtic. Um, and it, it, was, it was good. We just got settled into the digs um, and we were in the next morning uh, to, to start our working day. How did, how did you feel coming into your debut? In the end, it's a successful debut. You score on debut, you win 2-0 down at Airdrie, but what were you feeling? Were you just buzzing to get your first first-team game under your belt because you'd been around all the big names at Celtic and you felt it was your time to, to kick on with your career? I definitely. I think um, obviously in the pre-season I played against like Leeds and stuff, like in front of thirty thousand at Parkhead, and that was brilliant. But I remember going into that the game, the first game uh, against Airdrie, thinking, "Oh, good, like this is real now. This is like proper man's football." Um, and like you say, it couldn't have went any better with with a win and the goal. Um, and it was the greatest feeling after it. Just you know, it was probably a crap win bonus and that, but just to feel oh, like I've scored the goal help the team get three points and you know got a wee win bonus and that it just made me feel like like this is proper now it's a proper like the start of the proper football career who were the big characters in the dressing room and the senior pros that helped you in that first season because obviously you won the challenge cup that season and scored in the penalty shootout so you played a big part but who helped you along the way as well as the management staff there was a there was a good bunch of lads um obviously don kelly was here who's now back after going down to england and Having a very successful career. Um, it was like uh, Sean Higgins, Kevin McKinley was here, Craig Sampson, um, Alex Keddy, Andrew Dewey. You know, it was a, it was a good bunch of lads, a good core of lads that, that have been playing first team football over the last few years. Um, and so to join that group, it was you know it was a good group of lads to go in, and they were all brilliant. You know, moving up from Glasgow. They all just kind of took you under their wing, and I was I was such an easy uh, set on in period. In terms of the Challenge Cup, you get to that final. You're playing Clyde. Just what was that final like? Being involved in a final, obviously in senior football, must have been must have been some experience, and to win it well. 
Ah, it was great. Uh, for me, obviously, my first season, like, going out and playing first-team football to get to the cup final uh, was brilliant. I can't even really remember much of the game, but obviously, um, I remember uh, wanting to hit the first penalty just to get us started off, and, you know, thankfully, we did, we did go on and, and win it. After that season at County, back to Celtic, was it always clear that because you were used to then playing first team with them that it was time to move on permanently and, and get out and establish yourself as, as a player? I had uh, obviously still had a year left at Celtic, but um, I was Gordon Strachan again. He was he was really good with me, to be fair. Um, he was very honest with me. He just said, listen, we've watched you a few times, you've done well, but just the players in your position can't really see you breaking in, which was fair enough. He's like... We're not going to be asking for a fee or nothing. Like if, if you're going to get away, then you can get away. And that's when he said he'd heard from Jim McAnally at, at Morton, and it was it was God's track was brilliant. He let me let me get away, no problem, and and, and that was me at Morton. In terms of Morton, it's it's my hometown club. It's a club I had a season ticket when you joined the club, and I remember being excited at the time about you coming in. It doesn't. You didn't stay at Morton for an awful long time, as we know, and we'll come to that. But I've got to ask you about one man and one man only, Dean Keenan. I, I, I know Dean through the podcast that he's going to come on. Um, I've spoken to him a, f- a fair few times, and what a character. Uh, he's, he's probably a bigger character than me, that guy. Um, I remember uh, when I signed and stuff, and it was Jim McRally, Pat Gardner, Martin Clark. Um, and they were just like brilliant, good bunch of lads, like they're, they're professional and stuff. Like, so I got picked up and took to the the training ground. Um, my very first morning, and I've just opened the doors, and there was a table tennis and a pool table and stuff. And Kieran McNesby and Dean Keenan were playing naked table tennis with football socks on to their knees and their football boots on. And I just thought to myself, this is a bit of me, this. <laughs> In terms of Kieran, is this is the story about the soup true? Um, I can't even remember, mate. To be honest, I think it might be true. I. In terms we'll of those, we'll not go any further with that story. <laughs> In terms of uh, the big characters, uh, we mentioned Dean Keenan, Mac and Espy was there, but as you say, a good group of boys, like Sir Stuart Grecian. Uh, was at the club as well, club captain. Just just what was it like at Morton when you went in? Because it was a team that obviously Jim McAnally was trying to get to play the right way and be successful, but ultimately for you, it didn't. You weren't there for as long as maybe it was expected when you arrived. Aye, it, was, it was the same as when I first went to Ross County. Good bunch of lads, like very welcoming. Uh, Stuart Grisha and Alex Walker, I travelled with them from Bodwell Hamilton and it's training every day. Um, there, there was good, good players there. Um, I don't know. If, I don't know. I think the club had been promoted and obviously started really well in the in the first division that season, um, and then a few things didn't really go away. I think the fans uh, turned on Jim a wee bit, um, and then it was just kind of the same as Celtic. Jim McInerney was brilliant. Um, he was just kind of says he was going the route. He was going to try and play taller boys up top. Uh, Spoons. He was there. Peter Witherston, who was he was a great player by the way. Really clever player, um, Chris Templeman as well. Very clever player, um, and he just says to me, "Listen, um, Ross County, he's been on the phone. He's like, obviously, me and Jim are both from Dundee, and I played in his under 16 team of setup as well. And he was just kind of, he just kind of looked after me in a almost a father and son way. He just says, "Listen, I don't think it's going to be great here for very much longer. Like the way the fans are with me and stuff. He's like." 
there's a chance for you to go to Ross County. Um, Ross County were flying in the second division at the time, looked like they were going to win the league. Um, he's like, I think you should go up there and, and start a fresh up there. Um, and that was me, shook hands with Jim and thanked him and, and I was away again. What's Jim like as a character? Because as you say, fellow Dundee guy, he's, he's someone who I think is underrated as a manager when you look at his record through the years. Because well, most people that have played for him, I've got nothing but good words to say about the guy. Aye, he was good. He was, uh, he was really good with uh, under-16s at Celtic. He was really good. And obviously, uh, Morton only worked with him uh, for a brief time. But, but you know, the, the training was good. Um, the lads liked him. He was good. He was a good, uh, good man-manager as well. Good at talking to the lads, him and, and Martin Clark as well. Um, and I don't know. He's maybe, he's maybe killed himself over here because he's, he's too like, proud or whatever to put his name forward for jobs, you know, when the Dundee United job or that's came came up, he's, he's, he's never puts his name in for that, he's just, it's like he's almost waiting for them to come at him or whatever, but, you know, you can't argue with how, how well he's done, you know, he's, he got Morton promoted, I don't know if it was twice, and he's done brilliant at Peterhead, so, you know, he's, he's, he's still been very successful. You mentioned the fact you're going back to County, you get back there, but the club are in the the second division, um, and it's all about obviously trying to get up, and you win the title when when you go there. Just just how proud did that make you having such a positive impact? Because you went up there and started very very well. I it was straight up, and you know it was good. Um, it was Derek Adams, and you know I didn't expect to just get in the team right away because the team were flying, but I got straight in and, and played enough games to to get a medal and chipped in with a few goals, and it was just nice uh, for the team to bounce back after the season before getting relegated. In terms of County at that time, as you say, Derek Adams, a lot of people talk about Derek, he's been quite a quiet guy, not having the biggest personality in terms of being outgoing, but in a way, did that kind of suit you as, as a player, just having a manager that was quite quiet and just wanted you to go on and get, get about it? Aye, everyone's different. Um, he, he, still, he still had a laugh and a joke. Um, obviously, I probably took it too far a few times. Just the usual, but um, but you know his, his training that was good, and and the team that that he built over the next few years was um was a credit to, to him and, and the lads themselves, and um, and the way that we trained every day was the way we were played on a Saturday. You know, it was always the tackles would fly and training like like you wouldn't believe. Honestly, we'd, we'd have a game on the Saturday and we'd play um five five side small side games on the Friday got a game the next day and like everybody's just 100% tackles are flying in and, and Derek Adams encourages that because that's how he wanted to go and play on the Saturday as well. In terms of the team that he built, as you say, he was, he was someone that was, he was an ambitious coach that's kind of been, been shown through his career that was successful. In terms of getting to the Scottish Cup final, what was that experience like and, and the build-up and obviously being an ex-Celtic player, describe the, the, the game against Celtic, obviously, massive upset. Ah, it was amazing. Um, just everything about it, it was, we were actually doing really well in the league as well that season, but I think the Scottish Scotland kind of derailed where we were. Um, but obviously going into the semi-final, it was, it was one of the ones that was an early kick-off and you know, we didn't really have too much. We were up, eight, got showered and we were away to Hamden. Um, just remember arriving at Hamden and just being packed to the rafters with Selk and Ross County fans. Um, um, I wouldn't say like I knew then, but then I just had a great feeling. I just thought like if we can get a good start, if, if a few of their players aren't at it and we're all at it, like we've got a, we've got a good chance here. 
See when you were playing against Celtic because you were there as a kid and you didn't really get the chance to break into their first team as such. See when you played against them or when you play against them, do you feel like you've got, or back then obviously maybe not so much now because you've had a career in your own right, but did you feel that you had a wee bit of a point to prove? I think back then, I think that game, I was, I had the bit between my teeth to kind of, not overly show, but I, I wanted to have a good game. I wanted to, to show that I could, just kind of that I'd, that I'd grew up a wee bit and it was I did want my football to do the talking and not the pranky stuff like off the pitch which kind of probably ruined my chances at Celtic but um, maybe that game I um, and, and thankfully obviously it, it went the way that it did It went the way it did in terms of the final itself against Dundee United obviously a club that you want to join in future but just on the day, why do you think it, it didn't quite work out? I just, I'm not sure. I wouldn't say we had a different feeling from Celtic or, or whatever, but I'm not sure. It was almost kind of like that was your cup final, the Celtic one, which is which is wrong. Um, I'm just not sure how it didn't click that day. Well, I actually got in uh, half-time now. now They probably should have been getting beat. And I just remember there, Cadden was talking about, I think he says we need to believe probably about 100 times. Um, that that was the that was the key going on to the pitch for the second half, but for whatever reason, it just it just didn't click. Obviously, United had a few great players. Obviously, Conway Swanson was was brilliant, um, and they, they they did deserve to win the final that day. Being honest, at that point, did you think that was your chat? Your did you think that was going to be your only chance of winning a major trophy with Ross County? Because we're obviously later on going to come to the League Cup, but when you go off the pitch playing for a club like County, getting to the final is an incredible achievement in itself. Did you leave the pitch thinking, shit, that was maybe the chance? I remember uh, getting my medal and uh, not having it around my neck, just holding it and um, going off. So disappointed, probably a wee bit, wee bit emotional. But um, I don't remember ever thinking, oh, like, that'll be my only chance. But then I don't remember thinking oh, I'll get another chance. I think it was just there's too many mixed emotions and stuff, and you know the lads were all in the dressing room. The dressing room was so quiet, um, mixed emotions everywhere. Um, you know, I think the lads were gutted, and, and we knew that we hadn't done ourselves justice um, on the pitch. Another big character comes in as a manager eventually. Jimmy Calderwood. What was he like to work with? Because a guy again with a massive personality, and doesn't he hold back that he's a he's a massive Rangers fan? Uh, he was. He came in. He was brilliant. Um, uh, obviously, he had these kind of Dutch connections and stuff. And you know, his training was really good as well. Uh, a lot of emphasis on passing drills and stuff like that. And you know, played some really good football under him. And obviously, I think we won the Challenge Cup as well under him. And yep. uh, we weren't in a great place in the league, and he, and he managed to keep up as well. Um, but he was good. He was good. Um, really good man manager as well. He would. Uh, he would do a thing that I loved. Um, he would name his starting eleven, and when we would be out on the pitch warming up, um, and then you're just going through your last wee bits before you go back into the dressing room. He would go around the starting eleven individually, and he would just say something to you that would make you feel like the best player in the world. Just whatever he would say, um, he would just say like, "We man, like that right back. He doesn't know what's going to happen today. You've been brilliant in training all week. Wait until he sees what you've got in the locker, and you're just jogging in the dressing room, make you feel brilliant. Just that wee tiny thing." Um, that's one of the things I, I liked about Jimmy I. The year the club wins the first division to get promotion, a lot of people forget this. Dundee were in the league at the time, Falkirk, Hamilton, Livingston, another team. I mean, you're talking about teams that have 
established themselves in the, the kind of top flight. I know Falkirk are, are not at the moment, but they're a club with, that, again, has always kind of been ambitious. And in terms of that season, you personally were flying. Interest was starting to come in in you. Did the interest and the rumours about teams being interested in you, did that spur you on to produce even more in the pitch? Because, as I say, it wasn't just a successful season for the club. It was a successful season for you. Ah, you always say when you when you hear about it or read about it, you know it just makes you want to keep playing well and stuff. But um, that squad we had that season was was amazing. It was it was like a bunch of mates just playing with each other every week, every day in training, having a laugh. But when it was serious time, it was serious time, and you know we had a, a terrible start. I think we got hammered five one from Hamilton first game of the season, and then the second game we drew. And then after that second game, we didn't get beat for the rest of the season. It was quite incredible. And, you know, Dundee and Falkirk, were, they were good. They pushed us uh, up until a point where we kicked on again and obviously won the league by a few points. But Dundee and Falkirk were uh, really good that season. I remember Falkirk being really good. Stephen Presley, they were a really good passing team. Um, but um, I don't know. I think we maybe just had a wee bit more about it. In terms of winning a league, it's... The Challenge Cup victories you had two in the bag, not taking anything away from those great achievements, but see when you're involved in a team that wins a title, see because it's over the course of a full season and you've got teams constantly chasing you, is that just the best feeling in football? Aye, especially that season. Um, I'd obviously signed a pre-contract, uh, so I knew I was I was leaving to go play with Dundee right in the SPL. And I remember just thinking, I want, I want all these guys to be... Like they deserve to go up, so I wanted to do my bit to help, um, and it was it was just the greatest feeling. I, even trophy day and stuff, the, the emotion and that with the lads and the coaching staff and the fans and that, it was it was just brilliant, the best feeling. Being a Dundee boy was that one of the main attractions for joining Dundee United, even though they are a massive club in their own right as well. Aye, they were they were they were flying at that time as well, and. Um, I remember meeting Peter, Peter Houston and, and just the way he spoke and you know the players that were at Dunyard at the time it excited me you know I wanted to play with the players and, and go and make an impact myself so uh, when I spoke to him I wasn't uh, I didn't really hesitate to sign Ross County uh, says they weren't a place to offer me a new a new deal because they weren't sure what league they were going to be in or whatever Derek Adams said at the time um, so for me it was a no-brainer a three-year deal at, at Dundee United in terms of United, a club that's a massive club, but you're excited to join. In terms of joining, what was your experience at Dundee United as a whole? Because again, it was a move that seemed sort of tailor-made on paper, but you weren't there for as long as maybe you thought you would be. Because I remember at the time when it was announced, you were flying with County, 15 goals for them the year they won the league. And you think, seeing a free transfer, that's a top signing. Aye, I remember being excited and it, and, and it was, to be fair, the first season was quite good. Um, I think I maybe uh, made 38 appearances, something like that, starts and subs, um, scored, uh, I think I maybe scored on my debut as well against Hibs. It, it was a good start and, and that first season uh, was going well um, until and then Jackie McNamara came in and it just kind of turned sour a wee bit for me. You mentioned the fact it turned sour. Is that the most frustrating thing as a player when you get signed by one manager and then another one comes in maybe a year or so after and you think, I've just I've got here, I'm, I'm starting to try and establish myself and then not just for yourself but for everybody, it's kind of back to the start again and trying to impress and different styles, different systems can, as we know, see lots of players go out the door for whatever reason. 
I think it is, I, but um, when Jack and uh, Simon Donald came in, I remember having a chat with them and, and uh, they, they told me that, you know, they, they were excited that I was there and, and they were looking forward to working with me and stuff, um, which was nice to hear. But then after, after a little bit of time, it, was, it just kind of frayed away. You mentioned the fact it frees away, but again, such is your achievements with, first of all, County and then, as you say, that first season with United. There's interest in you. Kilmarnock ultimately come calling on loan. In terms of that, what attracted you to Kilmarnock? Um, just to stay in the SBL, because there was a few... Um, Jackie was trying to get me to go to... He was trying to get me to go to, like, no disrespect, but like to like the cow and beef and stuff like that. Um, I just think he maybe thought he didn't want me to go to the SPL and do well. And then it raises questions as to why I'm not playing at the United kind of thing. But for whatever, whatever reason, my agent spoke to Alan Johnson and I spoke to Alan Johnson and he was obviously a great player, tricky winger. And I just thought, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. Um, he told me he was going to play me off the front, off Chris Boyd. Um, in a number 10 kind of role, and I was, I was like, we're going to sign. You mentioned Chris Boyd there. What was he like to play alongside? Because big character, obviously, on the telly quite a lot now as well. Aye, great um, great, guy, great guy, uh, first and foremost, and, and obviously a really good footballer, goal scorer. Um, he actually had an unreal season that season. He scored 20-odd goals. I think I set up every single one of them right enough. Um, but... What a money, money get. You're not allowed to have a shot. You're not allowed to have a shot on the pitch. Um, you've always got to pass it to him. If he doesn't get past that, he's, he's moaning at you like. Team training, what, again, I'm not trying to put you in a spot, but what's he like? Because from the outside looking in, I don't imagine he's the sort of guy that's 100% intensity in training. He seems like the sort of guy that, when it, when it comes to the penalty box, second to none, but he's not going to be chasing channels or... I remember thinking that when I went and it actually surprised me what he worked really hard every day really hard every day he would, even in uh, games and stuff small side of games and training he would be chasing back like he didn't do it on a Saturday right enough because he knew I would do it for him. <laughs> but, um, but in training he, he worked really hard he'd done everything he was very professional he'd done everything right even from his warm-ups um, straight, uh, straight through to the, to the end of training and and obviously that season he did, he scored 20 odd goals and, um, you know, it was, it was just great to play with him and, you know, I learned a lot from, from playing with him and a few other players at Kilmarnock at that time as well. In terms of your time at Kilmarnock, it was a time, as you say, where Chris Boyd's having a, a good a good spell in front of goal, you're assisting, you're playing well. Did you want to stay there at the end of that season and ultimately, why did you not get the chance to? Um, I, I remember having a conversation with Alan Johnston and he said that, um, that he would be interested in keeping me. Um, and I spoke to Jackie and I told, uh, he, he didn't really give me an incline as to which way he was going. So I just went and had my summer and I was preparing to go back and, and work hard at United and, and try and make a go of it there. In terms of making a go of it at United, when you get back there, are you thinking to yourself, right, it's not worked since Jackie's came in. I've went out and loan, but I've proved myself. Surely I'll get another chance here. I did think that. Um, I remember being uh, fuming uh, the day or two before I went in the pre-season because obviously we're off for like six weeks. You know, there's six. That's six weeks time for a manager to phone you and say, "Listen, with the nine, it's going to work out. You've got five, six weeks to find another club." 
But I remember getting a phone call off Jackie like two days before pre-season started saying that I was free to leave or go out on loan. And I just remember being gutted thinking like I could have I could have been sorted out by now. The pre-season training was starting in two days. But um, anyway, I was I was professional. I went in and I worked hard and uh, I trained. I started training with the, the first team. Um, and then for whatever reason, I was I was kind of banished to the to the reserves. How tough is that mentally when you're banished to the reserves? Because I imagine, as a footballer, you want to play every week. You want to maybe go and loan as you do, or go permanently and play games. But at the same time, part of you must be going, I'm pissed off here. And I might again, I'm not going to put you on the spot with that. But you might be on decent money, and you think, Nah, I'm just going to sit here and play in the reserves and stick it to them. Aye, just because it was pre-season, it was just always training and stuff, but, you know, I was a bit frustrated, but I just thought, I'm going to work hard, and uh, Stevie Campbell and Davey Bowman, they were brilliant for me, they were brilliant, um, they kept me going, kept me going, Davey Bowman would take me first four, four minute runs after the training with the young boys and stuff, and, you know, they just kept me going, but um, the thing that, um, I remember the thing that frustrated me the most was, after training, like, going back into the first team dressing room, and, you know, lads, like, experienced lads like Sean Dillon, John Rankin, Paul Payton said to me, you should be training with us. Like, how are you not training with us kind of thing? And that, that made me a wee bit more frustrated because that was lads who were, like, established in that team. And they were, like, they thought I was obviously good enough to be, to be in with them. See, because they're saying that to you, do you ever go and chat the manager or assistant store and say, look, what's going on here? I had, um, I think Jackie was Jackie was fed up with me uh, chatting his door. I would chat his door all the time, asking what was happening or, you know, when I was going to get a chance to play or whatever. But um, I don't know. Just I don't, we didn't really get on great at Dundee United, but you know, I've spoke since to me and Jackie, and you know, everything's fine. Just obviously the way I left Dundee United, it looks like it was between me and Jackie, but I ended up being a bit more which I won't kind of talk about. But, um, you know, me and Jack are all good now, so, so that's a good thing. Well, as you say, sometimes there can be, as you say, maybe a clash of personalities or whatever. It just doesn't work out. And you move on back to County um, for, a, for a third spell. Um, what was it like going back to County? It was good. It was actually uh, Stephen Ferguson was just in temporary charge. And it was the day, I think it was the day before the deadline day, Stephen Ferguson phoned me and, He's just like, you know, things weren't going great at Ross County. They had a lot of foreign boys in and stuff, and I don't think it was going too well. And, you know, he just phoned me and he says, uh, listen, do you fancy coming up for on loan? He's like, he's like, we need, I don't even think he said anything about footballing ability. He said, we need, we need your bubbly character up here. We need something to give this place a lift. And then at the end of the phone call, he did say, I will also need you to come and play decent football as well. Um, so that was just, you know, going back to Ross County, it was, I was like, it's another chance, SPL again, let, let's kind of have it. You, you mentioned the fact, let's have it, and something that I think, again, Ross County fans know this inside out, but I don't think a lot of people, other people might. You're actually the club's all-time leading goal scorer. How does that feel? Aye, aye it, was, uh, it feels nice, it feels nice. I'll probably feel nicer when I finish my career and stuff, and, you know, it's something like that's nice to, to look back on being the the record the Pierce holder and goal scorer, but um, I think I, I think I actually broke the record uh, that year. Yeah. Uh, time game against Kilmarnock, I um, I scored to equal it and I scored to beat it, and you know it was a good feeling. I remember uh, sitting after the game just being absolutely buzzing because it was Sean Higgins' record, and I just remember being buzzing to beat him. 
<laughs> see when you see when you beat him, how much do you rub it in? I rubbed it in a wee. To be fair, came off the pitch. He was the he was the first person that I had a message from congratulating me. Oh, see, so, that's class. A wee bit of class. I he was one of the first uh, first messages I had on my phone uh, congratulating me. So that's just a wee bit of class we had you there. You worked under, obviously, Derek Adams. You mentioned the fact Fergie brings you in. I've interviewed him on the podcast. He's a, a very interesting guy as well. Um, Jim McIntyre comes in, <coughs> pardon me, as, as the new manager. Did, could you ever foresee the success he had in terms of the League Cup? Because that was just an incredible moment for the club. It was incredible. I, and I remember when uh, Jim and Dodgy first came in, I was a, I was kind of in and out and not really playing because I was always kind of like off the front attacking the fielder and Jim Mac- Jim McIntyre was trying to turn me into a winger um, and I was kind of not really having it but then obviously I've been a winger for the last four or five years or whatever so obviously it worked but um, I he he came in he obviously got uh, rid of some players that he wasn't really having and you know he, he brought in some good players and good characters um for the, the for like just before the turn of the year and you know that season we went on to have was was incredible. Obviously we were kinda of rooted to the bottom of the league and I think we ended up going and winning nine out of eleven games, something like that. Um it was just incredible. It was a really good team, really good uh had a really good bond together and um you know the way we got out of that kind of relegation battle was I thought it was incredible at the time. Absolutely and I want to talk about Billy Dodd, see, because he was a, a striker and a goal scorer, did he ever join in in training and try and show the boys that he still had it? He would take part in a few shooting drills and that. He would always take the shooting drills and stuff like that. And what a finisher, by the way. Always, no, he, he couldn't hit the ball hard. He couldn't hit the ball with his laces. I don't know if that was sending to do with his weight or whatever, but um, everything was side foot and he would always aim for side net and stuff as well. And, and even then, when he was, he was coaching Ross County, his finishing was still brilliant. One of the players I want to ask you about is uh, Ricky Foster. What's he like to, to play with? He seems like a, a kind of big personality and everybody obviously knows about him and Amy McDonald. Did they ever drive any of the flash cars into training? He's, uh, I think he had the Ferrari in one day. I think um, Amy was nice enough to lend him the Ferrari one day. <laughs> um, but um, no, Foz is good. Uh, great character. Um, and a good footballer as well. Um, obviously, he, if he's playing right back, me right mid, him left back, me left mid, we've kind of got a good understanding. He knows my kind of movements, if I want the ball to feet, if I want it long. Um, so we've got quite a good understanding in that way, kind of the same way I do with Sean Kelly as well, to be fair. Um, but no, uh, Foz is a good good guy, good character, and a clever, clever guy as well. I think he's just uh, finished or in the last year's um, psychology degree or, or whatever it is he's doing. Absolutely, and another player I, I want to ask you about is Liam Boyce because what a goal scorer and also I know he's now at Hearts but down south with Button as well I mean when he was at County he was just a goal machine and for you obviously having played with Chris Boyd how did they compare in terms of natural finishing ability? Aye, Boyce was Boyce uh, struggled at the start as well because we were kind of playing uh, one up top um, and Boyce wasn't playing it was uh, Jake Jervis or uh, Johan Arquan uh, we're playing because uh, Jim McIntyre seen Boise playing in a two up top but not a one um, and I remember Boise saying that Jim McIntyre promised him he would be playing basically by Christmas he was looking to bring in our striker and that's when he brought in Craig Curran and obviously 
Boise and Curran uh, up top scored a barrel load that season between the two of them. And but uh, Boise is a player, you know, he was he lost a wee bit of weight and that, and that kind of kicked him on. But as a as a striker and as a player, he's 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 brilliant. He's he's hold up play, his first touch, he's finishing left foot, right foot, head. You know, he, he done it all here, and then he went down south and obviously done it at, at Burton as well. See, in terms of the run to the League Cup final, people obviously focus on the final. Um, against Hibs, but see getting to the semis and getting Celtic again, see because you'd been in a team that had done it before, were you one of the guys in the team to kind of take ownership of that and say, look, we've been here before, people will write us off, but trust me, if we play our, our best, we've got a chance. Aye, I think, it's, to be fair as well, there was a good few experienced lads in that team, you know, like, there was, there was lads that had won playoff finals down in England and stuff, you know, Martin Woods was there, Andrew Davies, Paul Quinn, people like that were, were, were all there, you know what I mean? Um, and it was uh, Jim McIntyre. It was kind of the same as the Derek Adams chat. It was about having belief, like like why could we not go and beat set like blah blah. And I think we actually got off to the worst start. I think we went one 0 down in like forty five seconds or something like that. I remember thinking, oh no, but um, obviously the, the game kind of turned on its on its head when I think it was Ambrose that got sent off. Is it? Yeah. Like right. In terms of that game, see see when you beat Celtic in a semi final. And you're getting to the final, obviously it's Hibs that are, they get to the final with you. Because you've already beat Celtic on the way, does that give you just even more belief when you get to the final, thinking, right, all respect to Hibs, they are a good team, but we've just beaten Celtic, so we know we can hold our own in this competition? I think it probably does give you that wee bit extra, you know, to beat one of the old firm in the semis and, and not have them in the final. You know, I think you're definitely going into... I think Ross County and Hibs were probably going into that uh, final feeling, feeling very confident that they were both going to like, lift the cup. Um, but I think we, we were having, we were playing really well at the time and stuff. And um, we were just, um, we knew that as long as we were going to play the way we've been playing, that it would be all right. In terms of getting to the final, how did the preparation for the League Cup final compare to your previous experience with the Scottish Cup final uh, years before? Um, I it was all kind of the same usual training and the, the hotel stay the night before and stuff and uh, it was it was all good um, and then the game itself um, I think we we were lucky to to be I think it was one one at half time Fontaine scored bang at half time but we were I, I felt like we were lucky I felt Hibs uh, battered us a wee bit in the first half and uh, we kind of rode were lucky a wee bit in that first half. In terms of that game. You look at the Hibs team that day in terms of Kevin Thompson, John McGinn, um, Anthony Stokes is there, Jason Cummins. Even at the back, you've got Gray, you've got McGregor, Fontaine, as you mentioned. I mean, there's just quality players galore there. I mean, when you get to the final, as you're saying, you're having that first half. It's, it's, it's testament to yourselves that you managed to keep it at 1-1, but you're, for yourself as well, to score in the cup final, I mean, just sum up how special that is. Right, that was, that's, uh, that's one of the best feelings I've ever had. Um... I think just the um, whole kind of affinity thing with Ross County and um, it was actually my daughter's birthday that exact day as well. Um, you couldn't write it, honestly. Um, so to, to score score a goal as well and, you know, it was just the best feeling. I, I always remember my celebration just kind of head up looking to, to the heavens thinking, thank you. I don't know who I was thanking, but um, it felt like somebody was, was looking down on me on that day. The celebrations when you win that cup, I mean, they must have been absolutely tremendous. 
Aye, they were amazing. There's a picture of me because um, we were obviously two one up, and their goalkeeper had came up for near the corner last kick of the game. Their goalkeeper had went up, um, and I remember I've said to a few people, I was gutted the final whistle went in a way because we'd cleared the ball up, and it was a straight race between me and John McGinn for an open goal up the other end of the pitch. <laughs> um, but anyway, there's a there's a cracking picture I've got of me. Um, and as when the whistle goes, I just kind of drop down to my knees, hand over the face, just kind of that maybe that kind of relief that we'll have one after being beaten a national cup final before, and just to finally get over the line and, and pick up that gold medal instead of the, the silver medal from 2010. In terms of the celebrations with the fans when you get back to Dingwall, I mean, for a club like Ross County, it's just an incredible success story. and. What was it like celebrating with the fans? Because it's a, the biggest moment in the club's history to date. Ah, it was it's massive. Uh, you know, Ross County obviously got to the Scottish Cup final and then the League Cup final. And to, to win the League Cup final, you know, how we took a right good number of fans down that day. And, you know, the celebrations were great that day. And, and obviously coming back up the road and um, the celebrations as well with the League Cup parade and stuff um, around Dingwall was, was brilliant. In terms of the parade around Dinwong, you talk about how brilliant it was. I mean, see in terms of like an open-top bus parade or being on a stage when you've got the trophy and all the fans are there, I mean, just how special is that? Because you think of the amount of players with Celtic Rangers over the years that haven't had the chance to do that because of the unique situation in Glasgow. Ah, it's, it's incredible. Um, and even like for a small place like Dinwong, you know, people say, oh, there's only three, four, five thousand came to your parade or whatever, but, you know, for us, like taking a national cup back up here to, to Dingwall was was incredible, and uh, the open top bus parade was was brilliant. Like uh, something that could never kind of be taken away from you. See, in terms of you and Ross County, Michael, I mean, it just seems to be the sort of perfect match. What do you what do you put that down to? Is is living up in Inverness, the Dingwall area? Is that something that, for whatever reasons, just something that suited you down to a tee? Uh, I'm not too sure, mate. To be honest, just. Sometimes a, a player and club just kind of click, I think. And obviously, I've had a few different managers, so you probably couldn't even say it's a player manager thing or whatever. But um, I don't know, I seem to have always kind of played my, my best football up here. And I don't know, hopefully, well, I'm 34 now, so kind of long may it continue for, for as long as I can go. In terms of Jim McIntyre, we talked about him doing well. Owen Coyle obviously came in to replace Jim when, when, when Jim and Billy left. I mean, obviously it doesn't work out in the end for whatever reason, but see when he came in with the name that he's got and the stature he's got within football, were you, were you and the boys excited and obviously ultimately gutted that it just didn't click for whatever reason? Aye, I remember being gutted um, that uh, Jim and Dodgy were away. I remember thinking maybe they should have got a little bit longer, but, you know, as as what it is then... But then I do remember being excited when Owen Coyle came in because he's obviously done done well down south and stuff. And um, and he was good. Uh, training was all right. Would do well. Training wasn't great. Um, <laughs> but um, but as a guy and a man manager, uh, really good. You can go with him with anything, any any problems, any any football questions that are answered. Then you know he was he was actually, he was really good banter on the away game buses down the road. He would tell all sorts of stories from his playmates. In terms of the training, was it just focused more in kind of small-sided games rather than what you were used to? I it was just, um, to be fair, like, as a footballer, you can ask any footballer, everybody loves a small-sided game. 
Um, definitely, it's, it's the best thing you could do. Three team game, two teams playing, one team bound outside. Um, but I just think, um, you know, we're obviously down the bottom end of the league. I think we just needed a wee bit more um, well, shape, set pieces, whatever it is. Um, and to be fair, we did end up doing it, but I don't. I just don't think it should be the players that need to demand that. I think it should have been there in the first place. Um, uh, took the the players to say for us to finally start doing it, and it was kind of a bit too late. You mentioned the fact it's too late. The club ultimately goes down, but we we gain and Stuart Kettlewell. They, they, they stick with them and. The club gets gets promoted again from the championship, doing well in the top flight now. I mean, just what was your reaction when they got the job? Because it's kind of unique, something unique in your career as well to have sort of co-managers. Aye, it is unique, definitely. And you know, everybody always asks me whether it's my mates or fellow footballers. I'll always be like, "Man, who is the actual manager then?" Like, but it's both of them. Both of them take both of them take training. Um, they'll take a passing drill, passing drill each. We'll go into uh, whether it's set pieces. We'll do the video work. Two of them are the, are the, are the managers, and that's why they're obviously called co-managers. But um, no, I remember being happy for them, um, and obviously glad that we got relegated because I think they got the last seven, eight, nine games, whatever it was, um, um, and they believed that we were going to stay up, and obviously it never happened. But um, they obviously uh, built for the championship season which was obviously a successful building period from them. And, you know, I think that season is incredible because um, if you look at teams that have went down, you know, like Hibs, Dundee United, whatever it is, like how, how many years have they been down there? You know, there's there's not many clubs that have been relegated and, and bounced back at the, at the first attempt, you know. So um, that season that season was, was really good, really, really uh, satisfying. Player I want to ask you about, we talked about him earlier, Don Cowie, an experienced guy now like yourself. I mean... Just what's he been like to play with over the years? Because somebody obviously went down south with Cardiff, played at Hearts as well. It's just for for me, somebody who I think is a really a top player. Nah, he's just just a fantastic footballer. Um, great attitude, great everything, great guy. Just a really really good pro. Um, I remember when I first came up at Ross County, my very first season on loan when I was eighteen, nineteen, whatever it was, and, and thinking, um, God, this guy's he's he's kind of too good to be here and. Obviously, he went down south, Cardiff, Watford, played Premier League. Incredible career, you know, and he, since he's came back, you know, he's been brilliant, brilliant with the lads. Um, just a really good guy to have on your team. I think he's maybe 37 now. He's the, the fittest, one of the fittest guys in the team. You know, he, he looks after himself. His body's still in the same shape as, as what it was when he was 20 years old. Absolutely, and, and that's really testament as well. So, spot on, and... In terms of Ross County at the moment, we mentioned the fact earlier, record appearance holder, all-time record goal scorer, a testimonial on the on the way as well. I mean, just how proud are you with your career at County over the piece? Ah, it's it's obviously been it's been it's been brilliant. Obviously there's been there's been a few downs, but the ups definitely take over from from the few downs that I've had. But um like I said earlier, I'll probably be, you know, maybe when I finish playing in a, in a couple of years, when I look back and I think, God, I actually done, I done no bad. I have won a few trophies, a couple of leagues, and I've also got the records. If no one obviously takes them, but you know, it does. It, it's um, it's nice for me personally, and um, and nice for nice for my family. You mentioned the fact it's nice for you, nice for, for for your family. In terms of yourself, you've obviously 
got kids as as, as we've talked about before. I mean, what's it like with them being able to watch you play now and, and experience a match? Ah, it's brilliant. Obviously, my oldest Harlow, she's six now, so she loves it. She she's kind of knows what it's about and stuff. And and my uh, Mila, who's coming up for two now, she's like she kind she's kind of getting into it. She she'll run about and kick a football and stuff. And um, if ever, ever there's football on the TV, it could be Messi, could be Ronaldo, could be anybody. It's, it's Daddy, just because there's <laughs> there's a green there's a green pitch and a white football, so it's Daddy playing. And she loves coming to the game too. Just uh, I'm not sure if she watches the football. I think she just likes the nosy and, and running about. And and then my, my youngest Lottie, she's just a bit too young, but hopefully I, I can still play for another few years and, and she'll be able to watch me as well. Absolutely. And in terms of the the sort of testimonial, what are the plans? I know obviously things up there with everything in the world at the moment, but what's the hope for that going forward long term? I obviously everything is kind of up there at the moment. Um, I'm kind of happy and in a selfish kind of way that we didn't sort it for this season you know uh, the managers were really good they said do your deal um, we'll do your testimony on the second year so um, hopefully when all this is over and, and everything gets back to a wee bit of normality we can sit down and get that sorted out because um, that, would, that would just probably be the perfect the perfect end to, to me and Ross County's love affair together <laughs> Well, absolutely, and, and a testimonial for any player is just testament to, to how well you've done. It's been a great interview, and I want to finish with a, around a quick fire of questions. First of all, I want to ask you, who's the biggest character you've played with? Martin, Jimmy Scott. Why? People have got a lot of stories about me, but he's well worse than me. He is the craziest guy. I'll tell you a story about Jimmy. Derek Adams was leaving Ross County for Hibs to okay. take a job at Hibs. All the lads are in the dressing room. All sat. Derek Adams comes in. He's getting emotional because he loved it there, Derek Adams. He's getting emotional. Lads, I'm going. I'm leaving. I'm going to Hibs. Jimmy just gets up, disappears. He goes into the boot room. He comes back with a black bin bag full of his boots. Puts his arm around Derek Adams and he's just like, lads, that's me away as well. I'm, I'm going with my dad. I'm going with my dad. <laughs> yeah, sure enough, a couple of months later, he signed Martin Scott as well. <laughs> How did Derek take to that at the time? Crazy, honestly. Dean Keenan, a close second, but Martin Scott, definitely. <laughs> that's tremendous. Um, what about the best players you've played with? Um, played with a few good players. Um, Aidan McGeady at Selic. Loads of players that say like um, but Aidan McGeady was—he was just on a different planet. He was the same age as me, and I remember uh, coaches at the time saying, "Midge and Aidan, they're on the same kind of." No, we weren't. He was—he was—he was there. He was amazing. Um, Commander Chris Boyd, unbelievable, unbelievable play when and learn from. Um, also, Commander Sammy Klingen and Eremenko. They two oh. were—they two were unbelievable uh, centre mids together. Um, they were they were unbelievable, um, and then obviously Ross County. I've played with so so many players that I've enjoyed playing with, um, in the way that you know they provide me with the ball and stuff like that. Obviously Paul Lawson, um, he was only good at Ross County because every pass he had, he gave it to me. Um, so Paul Lawson, and and I really enjoyed playing with uh, like Sandra Barman and Stephen Craig and Colm and players who that like to link about football up top. In terms of managers, you've had a lot, you clearly respect a lot of the managers you've had, which 
is what it's all about. But if you had to pick one and say that was the best manager for me and helped my development, who would it be and why? I think just because you've said development there, you've made my mind up and no other managers will argue. So I'll say Gordon Strachan because um, when I was young, because I was Celtic and I just thought, oh, you know, I'm just, I just need to attack. I just need to attack, attack. That season that I went pre-season with the first team, uh, what he taught me about the game of football, um, about formations, about where you should be on the pitch in relation to where the ball is, was... Um, was the best coaching that, that I could have got and you know that grounded me for going out and playing first in football. You get that grounding, you, you've um, had a great career as we've mentioned, if you had to pick your favourite goal you've scored what would it be? Favourite goal I've scored is uh, League Cup final, I think it's got to be the League Cup final, um, that's the favourite goal, Aye, that's, that's got to be my all time favourite, it's not the best, it's not the best Putting in an empty net, but it's, it's definitely my favourite. Few non-football ones for you. First one being, if you weren't a footballer and you could play another sport professionally, what would you choose? I'd probably be a really bad golfer. <laughs> Beach holiday or city break? City break. Favourite band? Favourite band... I'm enjoying a bit of Oasis just now. Favourite film? Man on Fire. And last question I've got for you is, if you could play for any manager of any era in football, who would you choose and why? I'd choose Pep Guardiola because if I'm in one of his teams, it maybe means I'm going to win the Champions League. <laughs> Tremendous. It's been an absolute pleasure, Michael. Thank you. Brilliant, mate. Thank you very much, mate. So we'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song, they'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make our home in a deep sea cave